It is the 15th of November. It's Tuesday. This is the Marcus Today morning meeting podcast with Henry Jennings and Marcus Padley. This is general advice only, not to be confused with personal advice. If you need that, please go and see a financial planner. Right. We had a fairly flat night overnight. It was looking okay till the last 20 minutes. And then Wall Street, or the Dow Jones, for some reason, dropped 200 points in the last 20 minutes or so, which was a bit of a dampener. And our futures went from flat to down 37, but we're doing okay today. We're only down six. Resources are down. Just to point out, BHP and Rio have been up 20% in, I think, 20 days, and Fortescue's been up 35% in 20 days. That's obviously been driven by the hopes that the Chinese would soften their view on COVID, and it's also driven by their 16-point plan to support the property market. But it's also, and I think this is where I've missed it, it's been driven by a fall in the US dollar, which I put all the charts in the strategy piece today, but all the metal prices have started to bounce. Uh, Henry, do we buy into this uh, resources rally or is it too late, do you think? I think you've missed it, to be honest, Marcus. I think it's happened. Um, And to be honest, resources cover such a multitude of sins. Lithium stocks have been absolutely raging until today. Base metal stocks have bounced pretty well. Gold miners have bounced pretty well. The energy stocks are pretty high and coal stocks have come off. The problem is when you look at the resource sector, BHP is such a dominant force in that sector that it colours everything else. We're starting to see a little bit of profit taking creeping into one of those things. And if we do see the US dollar continue to rebound back after the uh, the knee jerk of last week, then uh, we could see a little bit of pressure on those leaders at least. Yeah, the point you made, I think you made it at the end of last week, is that the resources sector index is now made up of a variety of different sectors and the iron ore stocks, BHP and Rio and Fortescue and Champion Iron, I suppose, CIA, are only a part of it. But I was always thinking that one of the best trades in the market would be to trade the resources sector index. The truth of the matter is we've almost got to break that up into subsectors now, which is iron ore stocks, uh, the lithium stocks, coal stocks, energy stocks. And I think what I'm talking to is BHP and Rio, which is where a lot of superannuation people have got their money. So I'm now trying to break out those, are they a buyer or a sell, rather than look at that sector index. I've sort of lost faith in that sector index as a representation. It's more BHP and Rio and the iron ore stocks. Uh, but particularly lithium, we've done rather nicely in that recently, haven't we? Hopefully some of the people with self-managed super funds have been on lithium because it has been an absolute boomer and it's something I've been talking about for so long. An absolute mighty winner for so many people and I continue to get emails and comments on Facebook about how much people have made on the lithium space. So it's a bit like our technology sector. I have always thought, Henry, that there are probably two stocks that you could make a living out of just trading those stocks alone, which have got a nice balance of movement and safety. And those would be Macquarie and BHP. Anyway, other stuff today. We have the CBA first quarter update today. The market's taken it quite well. Didn't look very exciting to start with, but the share price up one and a half percent. You can read a write up in the newsletter today. All the right things happening, bad debts going down, some fairly encouraging comments about their capital position, all that sort of stuff. So doing okay. The NAB also, by the way, went ex-dividend today. It's down 1.8%, fairly standard stuff. The Westpac Bank goes ex-dividend on the 17th. What day is that? Thursday morning. So still a couple of dividends to be had. Otherwise, what are you writing about in the, are you taking profits? I see on 
call lithium, Henry. You spoke about it at FinFest on October the 15th as your conviction stock. I spoke about Macquarie as my conviction stock. I put those in the strategy piece today. But you spoke about call lithium. How's it done since, Henry? <laughs> That's the Dorothy Dix. It has done rather well, Marcus. It's up as of last night. It was up over 60% in the space of a month. I did write this morning first thing, and it was up for the market to take profits because I thought it had done its dash. And I did list some of the reasons why I thought it had done its dash. Uh, the stock is actually down 9.6%. But if you'd read the newsletter early, you'd have been able to get out at uh, above, uh, well, certainly above 175, closer to 180. So there you go, just a reason to read the newsletter early. Apart from that, yesterday I added a few things to the portfolio. We've had the chuck the cash at the market routine. We had Newton's first law of physics enacted in terms of the market, which had been trading sideways for a long time. And then, of course, an outside force, which was 7.7% CPI, hit the market and we uh, pushed up to a new level. It did hit 7,200 or close to it yesterday and come off, backed off. But it's not forming too badly. There's only down five points, given uh, the fall in some of the material stock, BHP in particular and Fortescue, etc. Not a bad performance. So that is good. I Yesterday, I took a bit of a, um, a punt and it's a small cap stock that I didn't ever consider really as a small cap stock in Elders. And it got a lot smaller yesterday. It was down 22% on the back of um, Mark Allison retiring in a year's time. He's got a year to do a victory lap horse around the countryside like the Leyland brothers. And just really pointing out really why I thought they'd been massively overdone yesterday. Interestingly, the stock's up 3% odd today, but not huge bounce. Uh, the brokers are defending their position. And as usual, you know, they've, they've got it wrong. Most of them were bullish on the stock. And now they're sort of trying to justify their bullishness and amending their price targets down. But um, yeah, I think that one's still due for a bit more of a bounce. I have to say it did look very overdone yesterday. Worth pointing out, Henry, that you did say by it because it was oversold on yesterday's uh, results, not not for. So, oh, yes. Yes. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a small cap before. <laughs> uh, there it is. Yeah, that's, that's an ugly, ugly chart. You remember when we were buying everything to do with agriculture in Australia at, in the middle of COVID because of inflation in food prices. Now we're selling everything because of floods anyway. Uh, so having a trade in elders. Right. I might just do the quick thing on strategy today, but have a look in the strategy piece for the one chart summary of our strategy position, which is that we're fully invested and reasonably comfortable with that at the moment. There are some notable, quite established resistance and support levels on the ASX 200 now, and we are just floating around trying to make our minds up at one of the crucial ones at the moment. Will we dip again or carry on? Have a look at the strategy piece and the chart in there. I've talked about the resources rally. I did notice a piece of research from Macquarie, which said that the most leveraged stocks to the iron ore price are obvious, Fortescue, BHP, Rio, Champion Iron, CIA. But the most leveraged copper price, have a look at the chart of the copper price in the strategy piece. It started to significantly pick up, as has the nickel price, as has the zinc price and the aluminium price, as the US dollar has suddenly peaked out. Anyway, the stocks most leveraged to the copper price, I think Henry wrote about them yesterday, SFR, 29 metals and OZL. The stocks most leveraged to the nickel price, NIC, PAN and MCR. And Macquarie did a bit of research saying the stocks with the most upside if you used commodity spot prices instead of their forecasts were SFR, AMI, 29M and MCR. So if you repeating stocks in that little list. I've also written in strategy piece today about the Dow Jones and why it's not a great index, but why people use it. Have 
have a look at that. And I've written up Henry and my conviction stocks from FinFest on the 15th of October. Mine was Macquarie. Have a look at the strategy piece. You'll see why I think Macquarie is one of the best stocks to hold in a bull market. Fabulous mix of safety and gearing to a bull market. Henry's stock is up 61% since he spoke at FinFest. Mine is up a massive 10.4% 21 days. So not quite at Henry's level, uh, but getting there. Right. I had a few little headlines. Instec pivots up 8% today. They had results up 186%. Can you believe it? They're in the middle of demerging their fertilizers business. Crypto continues to fold up. You might remember Mark Carnegie. Have a look at the AFR. Mark Carnegie is old money in Australia. He was planning to come back to set up a billion dollar crypto fund in Australia. They didn't let him do it. So he went to Singapore. He's got caught up in this FTX disaster. Amazon, 10,000 jobs gone. Uh, the the US are worrying about the tight jobs market. It's not, it's, it's certainly not going to stay tight if you look at the number of headlines of uh, job freezes and job losses. Morgan Stanley says they're in the, we're in the final stage of a bear market and they're getting tactically bullish. Goldman Sachs says the mega caps, which is 18% of the US market, are expensive now relative to bonds. The US politics is uh, make, getting a mention in the newswires at the moment as the red wave turned into the red ripple. There's some Fed speak around about how interest rates could well come off the top. The odds of a 75 basis point rate rise at the December 14 meeting dropped from 85% to 8% overnight. And the NASDAQ Golden Dragon Index, which represents 65 companies with uh, Chinese exposure in the NASDAQ, has been up 23% in November. And the measurement of shorting shows a huge short covering rally in basically Chinese technology stocks in the last month, which is quite interesting. Biden and Xi talking at G20. Doesn't seem to be much coming out of that other than both of them want to mend ties, which is uh, quite positive. Uh, right, what else have we got, uh, Henry? Anything else? Um, I'm doing another Ask the Analyst session on Friday at 5.30 on a new platform. Uh, we used to do it on uh, GoToWebinars, but we're doing it on a new one. So sign up, register for that. And just about to do a chat to Livewire about um, impatience of Biden and President Xi meeting and a thawing between Australia, perhaps. Right. And the message from me was the Marcus Day Golf Day has now sold out. I'm looking forward to seeing 30 odd members on November the 28th, Monday, for a round of golf and dinner with you and me, Henry. Well, yes. Well, yes, exactly. So, how's, um, your, how's your handicap going, Henry? My handicap being that I can't play golf, pretty good. Yeah, it's we been do. consistent anyway. Right, good. Uh, well, Still can't play golf. Consistency is everything in golf, Henry. Anyway, there are some quite good golf players coming on by the looks of it. So, looking forward to that. Uh, right, that's about it. I think the basic message is we're pretty fully invested. Henry taking a few profits in lithium, but I'm sure he'll be back into it uh, at some point soon. Feeling fairly comfortable with the market awaiting next developments. All good. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening, and we will be back tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you.